Love Letters is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everybody. It's Meredith. I am sitting here with all of my letters that I received over the weekend for the advice column, Love Letters. And I'm here with Caitlin, our producer. Hi, Caitlin. Hey, how's it going? It's good. I have to tell you that letters I get for the advice column at the beginning of the week, meaning they were most likely written during the weekend, Mm -hmm. are very different than letters I get on a Thursday or a Friday. Say more. Well, I think there's something psychologically and, you know, everybody's got different shifts with work and different schedules, but specifically letters that were clearly written Saturday, let's say after midnight, (laughs) sent to me Sunday, (laughs) sent to me Sunday night, have like a totally different vibe than on a Thursday morning. And I just, you know, it's actually becoming counterintuitive. Like you would think that they're the more um, chaotic letters, letters that were sent in the heat of the moment, but it actually goes the other way, I think. I think people spend an entire weekend or they sit, you know, really late at night thinking of their problem and maybe they draft and redraft. Whereas the letters I get on like a Thursday morning, it's sort of the opposite that you would think. Like they're dashed off maybe after a weird Wednesday night and um, they're, they're actually much less uh, thought out and rehearsed. I don't know if that one is better than the other, but I just think it's interesting. Like what I wake up to on a Monday or a Tuesday um, is just, you know, people who have clearly like drafted and redrafted and really thought about their problem. Because they, they had a little weekend time to get into it. Yeah, they did. Ooh. Maybe they had like an entirely free Saturday and they watched a ton of TV or they did nothing. Or they like, <laughs> and that's a, why they like went on a walk with a friend and like talked it out a little bit, maybe. Yeah, or they went on like two bad dates and like need to process it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or they were, or if they're in relationships, they were stuck with in-laws, they were stuck with children, they were looking at their, you know, sort of irritations for too many hours in a row. Mm. But, um, you know, listen, all I would say to anybody who's going to write a letter is like, there's no wrong day to send a letter, but uh, I just, you know, having a good night's sleep before you send it sometimes can help. And we have two of those letters today. Um, Can I hit you with the first one? Yes. This letter writer says, Hi, Meredith. I'm a man in my early 30s and recently fell into something strange and new with someone important in my life who'd recently ended a long-term relationship. She initiated it over the span of a few months and then ended it for sensible reasons. She's not feeling emotionally available and caretaking responsibilities will likely send me away, maybe permanently. I welcome the possibility of a lasting relationship with her, but I don't believe the moment is right. I feel like I navigated the waters as best I could, but reading other letter writers has me second guessing. I am compelled to say something to her for some kind of coda and to express how I feel correctly. What's the accepted and appropriate thing to do here? I feel like some words would bring me, and perhaps her, some kind of closure, but I understand the need for space. 
It would also be the first time in my life I've ever done this. I have an email all queued up, but part of me thinks it's an exercise for solely myself. So I love closure letters, um, meaning letters written to me about closure, not necessarily letters written to get closure. I think closure is like a little bit of a myth. And Mm -hmm. my thought with this letter writer is, you know, they've already said it. This is an exercise for yourself. You know, questions are answered. You know why you're not pursuing a romantic relationship. Um, You know, in this particular case, I don't think there would be harm in sending it. Yeah. But sometimes I'm like, you know, you send that and then the other person's like, oh, like I I should probably write back because I don't want to just leave it hanging. It definitely opens things up. Oh, my God. It's like PS, PPS. And like, you know, I I think there has to be a call to action, even if it is. And with this, it's, you know, I don't expect or require a response or, you know, I'd love to stay in touch in some way. But if you don't know what you're asking for, the closure is already there. That's my thought. But I don't know. I mean, have you ever sent a letter that you're like, and now it's really over and here's why. And, And now it's, you know. Oh, my God. I have not sent a letter like that, but I have definitely been someone who's wanted closure and I feel like my big lesson in many many years of dating at this point has been closure can absolutely only come from yourself which sounds like a cheesy therapy thing which I did indeed get in therapy um but if if you're really looking for closure you have to decide that you're ready for it if you actually have something you want to say that you haven't said yet and you think it will change the course of a relationship you're hoping for in the future whether that's a friendship or something more then like maybe it's a different situation but I think it's really about thinking what you want to get out of it is this going to help you get it and how is that also going to make this other person who you care about feel this letter makes me think of this one I think I got it in like 2014 2015 Mm. like a really long time ago but it sat with me because a woman reached out I'm pretty sure it was a woman and she said I want to reach out to an ex by letter to tell him that I did love him. She told me that they had had a horrible breakup and that in the throes of the breakup, she said, and I never loved you. Mm. She was actually sort of hoping that it would, you know, just basically explode, implode what they were going through, that it would get them to the breakup she knew they needed. And in retrospect, she thought, what a weird gaslighty thing to do to somebody, to say to somebody where there was real love there, I never loved you. And she said, I really want to reach out to be like, you know what, I was lying about that to get us to an end. I did love you. And I never want you to feel like that part of your life was a lie. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard for me to give advice because I just thought, if you're the guy, like, do you want to know that? Is it going to hurt to know that? Does it open something that had been closed? And in that moment, you know, I think I err on the side of like, let the truth be heard hmm. and, you know, just be very clear about like, I don't want us to talk, but I, I always want you to know that I did feel incredibly strongly about you. If you lied, if you were opaque for no reason, if you ghosted and never gave an answer, I think it's okay to reach out and say like, hey, you might not want to hear from me and I'm so sorry if this screws up a boundary, but like, I want to give you respect that you were not given. Like that, that to me is a little bit different than just, Let's summarize one more time. In this case, I feel like the letter writer has to decide what are they asking for? Is it to keep things open-ended, to call if things change? If that's what they want, they have to to sort of be specific about that because I can understand that something that doesn't work based on timing can be a little bit confusing, but 
Um, that's different than a closure letter. That's exactly the opposite. So they've got to figure out what their ask really is. Okay, Meredith, we have another one for you, which I've shortened a little bit um, for clarity. This letter writer says, I dated a man on and off for three years. He never complimented me or told me he loved me until I spoke up about my needs and feeling devalued. He often spoke about former sexual conquests, which made me feel like he was living in the past. All dates were 50-50. When we traveled on trips, I paid 50% of hotels and paid my own airfare. He rarely gave gifts. I, on the other hand, would shower him with gifts and acts of service. I did speak up about how I felt the relationship was one-sided, and the initial response was sometimes anger. I reacted to that by withdrawing for days at a time. And then he would make some small step to address my concern. As I look at the words I've written here, I believe I did the right thing by breaking up with him. But it's confusing because he offered to go to couples counseling at the end. By that time, my cup was empty and I was so frustrated that I declined. I have some guilt over declining the offer to go to couples therapy. And that is my question. Did I make a mistake by not going with him and working on it? No, you did not make a mistake, letter writer. This relationship sounds terrible. And by the way, I have no problem with people splitting things 50-50, but emotionally and in all other ways, this was a horribly imbalanced relationship. So couples therapy is really interesting to me because somebody in the comment section of our column was recently um, making fun of me a little bit because I recommended divorce, something I almost never do, just like, because why would I be so bold? Um for a couple that had extreme political differences that only became greater over the years. And and they were very miserable. And I was like, you know, I, I just don't see another way around this. Mm. And then a few days later, I recommended couples therapy to a couple that had been together for like six months or something like that. And, and the readers were like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This thing, this one, you know, coupling is so easy to break up in your opinion and the other is not. But, you know, different couples, different needs. And I think, first of all, it's so great when two people are on the same page about accepting couples therapy as a possibility. You know, I personally would not want to be with somebody who is the kind of person who would say, never, I'll never get help in that way. Um, so, but just because somebody's open to it doesn't mean it's necessary, helpful, productive, what you need. It doesn't always mean that therapy is what you need. Um, I remember I had a therapist years ago who said, you know, I think the therapy you need right now is no therapy. Like, you know, I've been in my therapy my whole life. Mm. So, you know, like sometimes when you're in that sort of pattern, you go in and you're like, okay, well, what can I, what can I overprocess today? And after so many years, it's not always the exact thing you need. So um, in this case, my goodness, like this is misery. There's no reason to sit in misery with a professional when there's no reason to have to power through anything. Uh, if you know a relationship isn't working and you don't want to work on it, you do not have to go to couples therapy. Yeah, I also feel like what this letter writer is really asking for is like permission to feel okay with being done with the relationship. And you, there's nothing wrong with feeling like you're done. You tried, you know, the letter writer tried to express their concerns, tried to make changes. And it sounds like this was largely kind of a last ditch attempt on the behalf of the other person in this relationship. And 
you were done. And there's nothing wrong with being done. One thing I will say is that couples therapy, I think, sometimes is couples uh, breakup guidance, right? Where Mm. um, I had a friend years ago who said to me, you know, if you go into couples therapy, you either get pushed in one direction or the other. It's clear you want to make things better or it's clear that you're there to get that kind of permission to say out loud, this is done. And especially in long relationships, I think sometimes going uh, to therapy, going to counseling, just to have a third party help initiate and mediate the conversation that comes with separating uh, can be helpful. But this relationship is not at that level where it's not like this is decades of how do we untangle our lives and we need help to do it and help to understand it. And and I understand why it's confusing because it does make this other person sound really thoughtful. Like, wow, we have these problems. Like, let, let's talk to a mental health professional to help us through it. But once again, you don't have to. It's not mandatory to leave a relationship. So, okay by me, letter writer, you know. Yeah, I think the line, just... as I look at the words I've written here, I believe I did the right thing by breaking up with him, is your answer. Yeah. And and that person, you know, the person you broke up with can go to therapy on their own and get the help they need to deal with this breakup. So, yes. Um, we I, love I, therapy we, at Love Letters. One day we will talk about how I went to therapy with an ex-boyfriend we were already broken up i didn't know that oh yeah and the thing is like that wasn't a red flag in my eyes about why and when you shouldn't still be friends with an ex when you're going to therapy after you break up and my therapist was like okay uh but that but that it was in that moment where i was like we need to break up break up break up um talk about needing closure you know if you're in therapy with your ex maybe you're not all the way broken up I keep getting this like, you know how on Instagram you get those like sponsored ads from like kind of fake Instagram clothing companies when you're like scrolling through your stories or whatever. I keep getting. Oh, and I get I get looped into those every time, by the way. But yes, go on. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, you know, they're like looking at whatever you're searching or whatever. And they like give you something specified. I keep getting this T-shirt sponsored to me that just says break up with your boyfriend. And I feel like that's because I keep just like. Because you should probably break up with it. Because you're Googling love letter stuff. That's interesting (laughs) because I get a middle-aged lady wearing the largest sweater you can ever possibly imagine. Where it's like the sweater is like the Lenny Kravitz scarf where it's like her (laughs) whole body. And every time I'm like, that sweater looks like something I could just wear over anything. And no one would even know what I look like. You haven't bought it yet? Yeah. I know. It's amazing. It's amazing that I haven't bought it. But I'm like, there's something about it that to me means giving up and I'm almost ready give me like one more month when it's when it's like November I don't know when it's later in in a cold season it'll be me deal deal Love Letters is a production of the Boston Globe and PRX Today's episode was produced by Caitlin Harrop and Scott Hellman. Ned Porter does our audio mixing, sound design, and mastering. If you like the show, please follow us on Apple Podcasts. And of course, keep your eye out for new, full-length episodes of Love Letters. Season 7 is underway, and we've got a ton of great stories, all about big changes coming your way. You can also send us your own letter to loveletters at boston.com. I'm Meredith Goldstein. Thanks for listening.